Hey guys, this is Drake. Thanks so much for tuning in to our City Church podcast here. It's an honor to have you. Hey, at the end of this episode, we'd love for you to take a moment, subscribe to this podcast channel if you haven't already. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel so we can continue to serve you with content that we're putting out on a weekly basis. And in addition, if we can serve you in any way or connect with you in community in any way, you can visit our website at citychurchboulder.com and we would love to connect with you there. And lastly, and most importantly, I hope this content is helpful to you. It's encouraging, it's inspiring, and you leave better than you showed up. Enjoy. My name is Drake. I'm the pastor here. How you guys doing? You guys glad to be here? Man, I am so grateful to see your faces. Really, it's a joy to see you here today. Um, so we're starting a brand new series. How awesome was that video? Was that video awesome? So amazing. When you guys see Danielle, she's in City Kids today, but my wife, give her a high five and say she's amazing at making videos, because she is. Um, And uh, so we're starting this brand new series today on the Holy Spirit. If you're a guest with us, just hear me real fast. Uh, As we jump in, there's going to be a lot of catching up that we do, but our desire here, no matter where you're walking in on your spiritual journey, you are loved, safe, and welcome here. I realize we have people walking in all kinds of different spaces. Our desire, our heart here is to meet you where you are and help you simply take some next steps, whatever that might mean for you where you are today. So I hope that you felt loved and welcome as you're coming in and meeting people and all of that, but I also hope not not just that you're going to be encouraged by what's shared today and the the music that we sing, but also that you would encounter God and his love for you. And so I just invite you to have an open heart and mind to whatever uh, God might want to do in the space today. But um, let me ask you a question as we kind of get into this new series. Uh, some of you, you're Jesus followers, and, and, and you're excited about it. <laughs> and others of you, you have known Jesus followers uh, who said that they were doing that thing, but then like, there's like a disconnect. Like they didn't seem very excited about it. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like, there's just some people that say, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus, and there's, like, this disconnect in their lives. There's, like, no joy. It's, like, everything is just, just religion and burden, and you're, like, ah, like, if that's the Jesus thing, I'm not sure if I want it. You guys ever met anybody like that? I know none of us ever, we've never been those people, <laughs> but, you know, there's this space sometimes where you look at someone, and, and you, you see Jesus, and I don't know what you know about Jesus today, but, but maybe you know a little bit about him. You're like, okay, let's just assume we know a little bit about Jesus, probably an awesome guy, maybe like cool to hang out with, share a drink with, go to dinner with, get to know. I bet he's got some good stuff that he would rub off on you, even if you're not sure if he's God or not. You're like, all right, that Jesus guy, he's all right. And so you hang out with Jesus, and you get around his followers. I've heard it said uh, by, by a lot of my friends who don't go to church, you know, they're not really sure what they believe. They're like, you know what? I really like Jesus. I just don't like his people. <laughs> and I was like, ah, I understand. I know where that comes from. And so listen, I don't know where you're walking in today, uh, but I have found for many, many people, um, when, when we start to figure out what it means to follow Jesus, sometimes there's this disconnect between what it means to follow Jesus and the experience that we have in following Jesus. And so today we're going to start a brand new series called The Holy Spirit. And again, I, I just got back from South Asia with uh, a bunch of team members from City Church, and we've got some amazing things happening there. God is doing more than we thought um, and nothing that we thought at the same time. And so we're going to be partnering with church planting there in South Asia and lots of cool stuff I'll be sharing with you over the next couple of weeks. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, you've also been hearing from our church planters in Denver and in Chicago. And I mean, God's doing a lot in and through this community. And so can we just put our hands together for all that God is doing in and through this community? 
And, and again, it's because of your radical generosity that we get to do what we do here. And so don't, don't forget, you don't just give to a church, you give through a church. And so what's happening in South Asia and in Chicago and in Denver and on campus and all the different areas, it's all because God is working in and through this community. Now, today as we kick off this space, I want to give you a little bit of background uh, that we did earlier this year. And so if you're new or newish to City Church, we did a kind of vision series in January called Followers. You can go back pick it up on our podcast, our YouTube channel. It was a really intentional paradigm of kind of introducing where we're going as a church. For those of you that are new or newish here, City Church turned three in March, and so we're new and not new at the same time at this point. And so we did this vision series at the beginning of the year, and we've done some intentional spaces after that. And now, going into the fall, we're starting this series over the next three months together, intentionally filling the gaps. And one of the questions that we asked when we kicked off this series was, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus. You guys got that slide for me? What does it mean to follow Jesus? And I don't know how you would fill in the blank, depending on your background, your experience, what you've seen from other people, what you were told when you were a little kid. If you grew up in and around the church or you've never been to church, you don't know. What does it mean to follow Jesus? And it really matters how we answer this question. Because if it's just kind of be a good person, don't kill anybody, and you'll go to heaven when you die, like that sounds good, but I don't think Jesus ever said that. So then what does it mean to follow Jesus. We, we broke it down into a couple different things. We said, number one, it's be with Jesus. It's relationship. Before Jesus wants anything from you, it's what he has for you. That God loves you, sent Jesus to make a way into relationship with him, and literally being with Jesus. So not activity for him, but not activity, but intimacy. The relationship is where it starts. By trusting in Jesus, we come into relationship with God. The second thing is becoming like Jesus. There's lots of areas that you and I would not look at. You know, I'm not, I'm not Jesus 2.0 up here, right? And you're probably not either. As we look at our lives and there's gaps and areas that we want to grow and we want to change, and that varies from person to person and, and stage of life to stage of life. But the last thing we said was also that ultimately Jesus is inviting us to do what he did in the world around us. That when Jesus taught us to pray that it would be on earth as it is in heaven, that wasn't just a, a, a pretty little statement to make you feel better when you're praying. It's the reality that Jesus came to usher in of God's kingdom on this earth, of his rule and reign and love permeating not only our hearts and minds, but the city that we live in, the world that we live in. And so this is what it means to follow or to apprentice under Jesus, to be with him, become like him, and do what he did. Now, before we go to John chapter 20, let me just give you a little bit of a picture here, okay? Uh, uh, there, there is, um, throughout the arc of scripture, you see this big picture of who Jesus was and what he came to do. Um, but the book of Philippians would tell us that Jesus was God, but he was born in human flesh to be like us. He, he, Paul uses the language of that Jesus emptied himself of his divine attributes. Or I like to say he's like God with a bod. So 100% God, 100% man, Jesus empties himself of his divine attributes to be like you and me. But then Jesus lives a perfect life like you and I can't live. No one's raising their hand saying, you know what, I've never once made a mistake. I've had it together my entire life. And so it's not, it's not really hard to reconcile that, that you and I aren't perfect, but Jesus came, he lived a perfect life, the life we can't live, and then he would die the death that we deserve because of our sin and brokenness, all because of God's love for us to bring back into right relationship with himself, you and I. And then ultimately Jesus was, would raise from the dead, proving that he was who he said he was, and that he could do in our lives, in my life and in your life, what he said he would do. And so here's the question I want you to just wrestle with at the beginning of the kickoff of this series. And today's just a little bit of vision casting, and then we got weeks to dig into the nitty-gritty of all that we're doing today. But here's the question I want you to wrestle with. If Jesus emptied himself to be like us, 
still God, but emptied himself of his divine attributes, how did he live the life that he lived? How did he do it? And then, I want you to think the similar line of thought, if we're being invited to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what he did, then how do we live the life that he's inviting us into? Because if you're like me, you probably tried to change before and it didn't work. Then you tried to change again and it didn't work. And now when January rolls around and people start talking about New, Year, New Year's resolutions, you just roll your eyes because they're pointless and by February they mean nothing. And so we look at our efforts to change and we're like, okay, those aren't working like we thought they would. And so we've got to ask some of these questions. Because being with Jesus, like maybe, okay, relationship, maybe, you know, that, that sounds doable. Sometimes it's daunting, right? But being with Jesus, okay. Becoming like Jesus, ah, that's, that's when it gets kind of, it's hard. But doing what Jesus did, like, like, is that even attainable, possible? Right, you guys with me? Anybody feel the same way? Cool, it's just me. We're going to keep going, though, because uh, I wrote, like, you know, 13 weeks of stuff, so here we go. Um, normally, we would take a chunk of text and break it down verse by verse, but today, to lay some groundwork, I'm going to give you kind of the 30,000-foot view. You guys okay with that? Like you had a choice, but it's okay. John chapter 20, you guys ready? Here's, listen to Jesus' words here. Jesus uh, had just resurrected. The, the disciples are like still freaking out. Every time he shows up, they're like, ah, you know, screaming like little girls, and all that's happening still, okay? Jesus just walked through a door. I mean, they're freaking out. And then Jesus shows up, and he says, peace be with you, because they're freaking out. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And then when Jesus had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. And so we see captured in these words kind of the direction for this series, that Jesus is passing the baton of his mission that the Father has sent him now, now to his followers. You guys see that? This is kind of mission 101. If you've been around City Church for any amount of time, we are like heavy mission centric around here. We talk about mission all the time, right? Yeah, and we love it, right? We're like glad to be married to mission. But I don't want you to miss that Jesus is intentional in the language. Sandwiched in between is, is mission on the front end is peace be with you. Now, this is not like you had a, a stressful week and, you know, you, you, had a, you know, got to calm down on Friday, got to chill with the girlfriends, and, you know, now you've got peace because the work week is over. No, this is God's peace or, or what's often referred to as shalom. This is like this peace that passes understanding of God's presence and power in our lives when he speaks of peace. It's bigger than our circumstances. And so uh, the language we use here at City Church now to kind of talk about this peace that Jesus is getting at is kind of this emotionally healthy spirituality. We talk a lot about this, that our emotional life plays a lot into what it means to be with, become, and do what Jesus did. And so we see on the front end emotional health, and then we see mission in the middle, and on the back end, what does he do? He breathes on them, and they receive the Holy Spirit. This is the first time this is happening. We'll break this down a little more as we get into it. But on the back side, what, what, what does it mean to, to receive the Holy Spirit? This is the person, power, and presence of God inside of you as you follow Jesus. And so there's emotional health, and there's the presence and power of God. And, and here's, here's why this is really important for you and me. I don't know where you're walking in, how your soul is. We had a bunch of our team members here early praying for you, and just the consensus of the room was stress and anxiety is kind of on everyone's life. And so you might be walking in with a lot on your heart and mind. I'm just going to invite you right into this space with us to see what God might want to do. Amen. But here's, here's the space. Is if you and I focus on mission over and over again without the cultivation of emotional health and without the presence and power of God, we set ourselves up 
for fatigue and failure and burnout. And so Jesus doesn't break it up into, hey, where are you struggling today? Let's grow in that area and then we'll get to the other things. Jesus gives us an entire scope of what it means to follow him. It's an emotionally healthy life, living on mission with him, full of the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. You guys see it? And so you, some of you, you're probably walking in and you're exhausted and you're, and, and you're maybe frustrated or you're just kind of brain fogged out. But this is why we introduced the paradigm at the beginning of the year that I want to I remind you of. Okay, check this out. This is what we called, um, you guys have that? The, there we go. Intentional spiritual formation. We, we introduced this in that series. You can go back and check it out. It'd be really helpful for you if you missed it. But we talked about inst- intentional spiritual formation. All of us are being formed all the time. And so the only thing you have to do to be formed tomorrow morning is to wake up. And if you want to be formed negatively, make sure you skip that cup of coffee. Definitely going to be a bad day, right? And so we talked about it. Formation is happening all the time, whether you want it to or not. And so we we said, as Jesus followers, we have to step into a paradigm of intentional spiritual formation. How do we do that? We said it's by a couple of things. It's by saturating ourselves in teaching, which, which addresses the mind, which addresses kind of that vision for the good life, that kind of changes your desires on the inside that you might want something different than what you have today. Kind of just gives you a vision for something better, that we look at what Jesus has to offer and we're like, you know what? Like, I think I want that. That only comes through teaching, cultivated through practice, that you and I, we are what we do. That it's one thing to have information, which is this, this is like the blunder of the Western church today, is we, we love information and knowledge because knowledge is power for a lot of us. But then for some reason, no matter how many Bible studies you go to, it doesn't lead to any transformation. You're like, what's up with that? Because teaching separate from practice does very little in our formation. And so we said we've got to have practice married to community. That's where accountability comes in. That's where you choose to live in community and have other people around you that love you and are committed to Jesus as well, and so they're not gonna be just yes-men in your life. And so through this paradigm, all saturated in the environment of what? The Holy Spirit. And we talked a little bit on this at the beginning of the year, but now we're gonna be fleshing it out. So just catching you up, we've done a lot of work this year on emotional health. We've done a lot of work this year on living on mission. So guess what we're doing now? We're working on the Holy Spirit and what it means to walk in relationship with the Holy Spirit. You guys excited? Woo, I'm excited. All right, let me, let me show you this, fee, this uh, quote from Gordon Fee. Super helpful. He says, through Christ and by the Spirit, we are being transformed so as to bear the likeness for which we were intended at the beginning. One takes the Spirit of God lightly in Pauline theology and Christian experience at great risk. For herein lies the glory, that, that transformation he's talking about that by the Spirit, we not only come to know God, but we come to live in his presence in such a way as to constantly be renewed into God's image. Another way that we said it earlier this year is that if you and I want to experience the life of Jesus, you guys got that slide? We have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. If we want to experience the life of Jesus, we have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. So that's what I want to do this morning, is just kind of look at the life of Jesus with you and ask the question, what is he inviting us into, and is that for us? You guys down? All right, here we go. So Luke chapter 3, let me show you a couple things. Luke chapter 3. Now, uh, when all the people were baptized, this is kind of before Jesus uh, kicks off what's known as his public ministry, before he really hits the scene and becomes famous, uh, and and before they murder him and all of that. Okay, so this is pre-that. 
Now, when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus had also been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, not a real bird, like a dove, okay, imagery, and a voice came from heaven saying, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. So, so pretty amazing. In this moment, you might read that and you're like, I'm not really sure what's happening here, where the, where the bird come from, you know, all that stuff, that might be in your mind. But this is an incredibly intentional imagery that if you were a Jew in this moment, would have absolutely recognized what was going on. And this would have echoed in your mind. Look at Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth, earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. You guys see it? And so in this moment, the people would have recognized, okay, this is God's spirit coming on Jesus. This means something. Again, they're still trying to figure out, is this dude who he claims to be, is he actually God? I mean, eventually they're going to kill him for those statements. But in this moment, they're not really sure what they believe about Jesus and who he is. And then this moment happens. And if you were a Jew, you would recognize, like, okay, something's up in this moment. And then when, when, when you see the word spirit, or when you see the word, uh, uh, well, in, in the Old Testament and the New, Old Testament, the, the word spirit is going to be ruach, back up of the throat, like <laughs> ruach, got it? Okay, and then, and then in the New Testament, the Greek word is going to be pneuma, and that word, every time you see it, it can be translated breath, or wind, or spirit. And over and over again throughout the Old Testament and the New, every time you see language of the Holy Spirit, we see breath, wind, spirit, all of those kind of interchanging, as well as this imagery of the Holy Spirit being related to water. So we see it here hovering over the face of the waters. We see Jesus talk about it over and over again, like the Holy Spirit is this living water. And again, if you're in an arid kind of desert area, thirst is a way of life, right? Like, like just literally all the time, there's a constant unquenchable thirst in the desert. And so then the language of a living water that satisfies would, would hit deep. So Luke chapter 4, check it out. Jesus is baptized. And then right after that, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. I remember I asked you earlier, how did Jesus live the life that he lived if he, if he emptied himself of his divine attributes? Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So right after he's baptized, before he's done anything, God says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. You need to hear that over your life too. Today, our friend Duncan's getting baptized in Boulder Creek. Let's go. So excited for him. And the beautiful picture here is because of what Jesus has done in his life, he's going to be baptized. It's a symbol. He's going to go under the water and come back up. It's a picture of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection in our place to make us new. But in this space, we see that before Duncan has done anything for God, we hear the voice of the Father. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Same is true of Jesus. It's really important. Okay, not activity for God, but intimacy with him. Now, Jesus is led into the wilderness. Now, check this out. Luke chapter 4, verse 14. Jesus then returns. If you don't know that little section, you can go read it for yourself. Jesus is like in the desert being tempted by the devil. The Spirit took him there. What's up with that? We'll talk about that later. Jesus returns, What? In the power of the Spirit, there it is again, to Galilee, and a report about him went out through all the surrounding country. So we see Jesus, we see this over and over again, the theme of Jesus living in the power of the Spirit. And I would argue 
that when you and I are invited to follow Jesus, it is through the exact same relationship with the Spirit of God working in and through us. So how did Jesus live the life he lived? In relationship with and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you and I choose to trust in Jesus and begin to follow him, how do we live the life he's inviting us to? The same exact way. So let me show you John. Actually, one second. We'll go to John 7 in a second. Let me give you some context. How many of you guys like to camp? Anybody like to camp in the room? Three of us, five of us, there we go. Okay, slow, slow. We're like not sure if we're excited anymore because it's almost October and it's really cold in the mountains. But we, my, my family, we love to camp. And in John 7, just a second, you're gonna see Jesus is at this festival. It's called the Feast of Tabernacles. We don't have near enough feasts like they did, but we could have some more feasts. Maybe we'll work on that. Thanksgiving's coming though, so we're gonna party there. So they're at this Feast of Tabernacles and a tabernacle literally is like a tent, okay? So there's like no REI for them to go to to get one of those quick pop-up tents, you know, really nice. No, it's not like that. So this is a really, really big deal. They take an entire week. The, all of Jerusalem is camping and, and it's this big festival where they're looking back toward the Exodus when God had rescued them from, uh, from Egypt. And so it's this big, big kind of celebrating, awesome, God, you're awesome, woohoo. And then also kind of looking forward to some promises that they would have memorized at this point if you grew up in this culture. And so I don't have time to read them for you, but if you want to write them down, Isaiah 44, verses 1 through 4, Joel 2, 28, 29, there's a bunch of them. I'm just going to give you two. But Isaiah 44, 1 through 4, the prophet would look forward to a day where God said something like, I'm going to pour out my spirit like water on a thirsty land. So, So that language is in their mind. Or in Joel 2, 28, 29, where the prophet says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. So so before this, like, God's spirit would show up every now and then, like in the Old Testament, if you read it, but it's like for special people, maybe, you know, like superheroes and stuff, but like not for everybody. But there was a day coming when God would pour out his spirit, his empowering presence on everyone. And so this is in their mind. They're kind of, in this feast, they're looking back, thinking God, but they're also looking forward to that day. Now, as they're looking into this space, Jesus stands up and says something absolutely ridiculous as far as everyone else is concerned. So on the last day, it's a really, really big day, they start in the southernmost part of Jerusalem, they take a big bucket of water, and they go all the way up to the top where the temple is, and they take this big bucket of water, and they dump it out on the altar, all imagery symbolizing what they're looking forward to of God pouring out his spirit on all flesh. You guys with me? So all of that is happening, and it's very normal. Everyone does this all the time, okay? So, So as that's happening, Jesus stands up and says this. Look at this. John, I'm sorry, Luke 7. On the last day of the feast, that great day, Jesus stands up, he cries out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this, Jesus said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were yet to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So this is pre-Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. This is pre-the Holy Spirit coming, but he's talking about what's coming. And in this moment, I need you to understand how like, provocative this would have been for his listeners. He stands up and he says, hey guys, the Spirit is finally here. It's coming through me. The Spirit is like living water, and ta-da, I'm introducing it. So, so it's like Jesus shows up to everyone and says, hey, are you thirsty? Come to me. Everything that you're looking for is found in relationship with me. And eventually they're going to murder him for this. Some will follow, and the religious people get really mad about it. But here's the question that I have for you today. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? 
And, and if we're honest, I don't know if you can be honest today, but I'll be honest. I've been following Jesus for almost two decades. And there are moments when I'm still thirsty. And, and what I mean by that is, is like, not that Jesus hasn't changed my life, not that Jesus hasn't done amazing things in and through my life. Not that I don't have this awesome relationship with Jesus that I enjoy on a daily basis. Those are all true. But there's this nagging sense like in the back of my mind that there has got to be more. And that primarily comes from the experience of my life and then when I read the scriptures. And I, and I look at the words of Jesus and there's sometimes just a little bit of a disconnect where I look around and like, is this really all that God has for us? Like, just kind of be a good person and don't ruffle feathers. There's got to be more. So, like, maybe you go to city church, maybe you're, you know, in a city group, or maybe you use your gifts to serve the city, and maybe you're on this emotionally healthy journey with us, and all of those things have been helpful to you, but maybe in the back of your mind, there's like, man, there's got to be more. It's like there's something missing. And, and when I read the scriptures, I don't know if you read the scriptures, you probably, that'd be good for you uh, um, to do. We, we, we encourage that. But as we dig into the scriptures, it's like, man, there's gaps. Like, there's amazing things in there, right? We were just in South Asia, and, and one of the things that the leaders in that area were telling us is that a ton of people are coming to follow and trust in Jesus because they're seeing healings all over the place, like crazy. Words from God that are coming true. I mean, I mean it's like wild stuff. And you read the scriptures, you're like, okay, that stuff's in there, but we're American, and we're smart. And so that stuff doesn't happen here, right? Like, like we have a disconnect in our enlightenment mind. And so we, we just look at, man, is there more? Listen to Billy Graham's words. If you don't trust me, Billy Graham probably has a little bit of authority. Everywhere I go, he said, I find that God's people lack something. They're hungry for something. Their Christian experience is not all that they expected and they often have recurring defeat in their lives. Christians today, they're hungry for spiritual fulfillment. The most desperate need of the nation today is that men and women who profess Jesus be filled with the Holy Spirit. Anybody feel that? So here's the invitation. I'm just inviting you on a journey with me, okay? Uh, we like to talk about it here at City Church, like, like we're kind of like charismatic with a seatbelt here, okay? And so in that space, like, like uh, this might not mean anything to you, but I, I came to follow Jesus in like an independent Baptist church where like the Trinity was like, we believe in God, the Father, God, the Son, and the Holy Bible. <laughs> it's just kind of like ignored the Holy Spirit altogether. If that doesn't make sense, just ignore what I said and keep going with me, okay? But for some of us, you get it. Like, like it's a little poke at uh, uh, some super conservative circles. And so I love Jesus. He's changed my life. But there's got to be more. And so the goal of this series is that we're going to close the gap that, that Billy Graham is talking about here. That there is in our, in our country today, and this, again, if you're new to church, then just hang with me because you might not be familiar with some of this, but there's a deep rift in our current culture between like what, what's called often Bible churches and Holy Spirit churches. And so, again, I, the Bible church is kind of what I came to faith in. Some of you might have been around that or you've seen that, where it's like, okay, it's great, and they teach the Bible, love the Bible. They call it the Holy Bible, which is really interesting. Like, you pick up one of the Bibles and the seatbacks in front of you or maybe the app on your phone, and it says the Holy Bible, which is really funny because that language is not in the Bible at all. <laughs> like, the only one is the article in front, the. That's the only thing in your Bible. <laughs> Holy and Bible, those two together, you don't see it. 
but it's elevated, and, and not, not to hate on that, by the way, but then the other swing of it is like this Holy Spirit churches where they focus heavily on the Spirit of God, and the Bible is used very little and kind of out of context, and it's more about experience and pep talks and you know, feel-good messages, and, and there's very little maybe life change, and so there's good and bad in both traditions, but my argument would be for the next couple of weeks, they were never meant to be polarized, that, that there should be the good news that we share and live, just loving our neighbor simply, and signs and wonders. That there should be exegetical teaching verse by verse through a book in the Bible like we're gonna do, and prophecy. That there should be knowledge and experience. And again, some of you, you have different experiences coming in, and so if you're brand new to church, you're like, I have no idea what we're talking about today, and that's okay. Hang with me, God loves you, Jesus is for you, and it's pretty simple. If you're a follower of Jesus, some of you are like breaking out in hives right now. You are freaking out. You're like, man, I have loved City Church for three years, it was not a weird church, but now it's about to get weird, and you're just like, you've had negative experiences in your life. I was talking to some of our team members earlier this week, and they're like, dude, I've just been to some kooky churches. People falling out, foaming at the mouth, and we're not doing any of that, okay? No holy hankies here that are for sale for $9.99. We're not doing it, okay? I'm just letting you know, we're not that church. But on the other side, some of you, like, you love the Holy Spirit, and, and, and you're like, finally, city church is finally, I'm bringing my flags next week and my tambourine, it's gonna be awesome. I don't even know what you do with those, but uh, you can do it in the back, okay? Um, we are charismatic with a seatbelt. So here's the deal. I, I've said this many times. Uh, I'm just over 30, and uh, I've been walking with Jesus a long time. I have a lot of amazing mentors in my life. And I've heard it said over and over again, I believe it to be true, you can't lead people where you've never been. And so this is a space that I'm inviting you to walk in with me, if you will. That wherever you're coming from, that we would cultivate hearts where we are thirsty for more of the Holy Spirit and more of God's work in our lives. You guys down? Okay. So I told you a little bit about my story that I came to faith in, 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 in a, like an independent Baptist church, and the first thing that I learned was to like read the Bible, which is great. And then it wasn't long after that I, I started to teach the Bible, which is great. And we've done a really good job over the last three years since City Church launched of like teaching the scriptures and like keeping them central to what we do. But for me, and I, and I hope for you as well, like I just want more than, than really good messages and, and some good songs on a Sunday. Not that there's anything wrong with the messages though, right? Because, and the band is great, but I just want more than that. So uh, today we're gonna be baptizing Duncan in Boulder Creek. By the way, if you're interested in, in getting, getting baptized, you're invited today. We'd love to walk with you through that. Um, but Boulder Creek's gonna be cold, let me tell you. I've done it many times in the fall. It's cold all the time. It's extra cold right now, okay? So this is a memorable baptism. You're never going to forget it. How do you get into Boulder Creek? Well, if you're unwise, you like tiptoe in, and you just take forever to get in, and it's just painful. Or you just kind of commit and cannonball, right? That's, that's, that's what we're going to do today. Me and Duncan, full force, we're going to go for it. Maybe not, but we're going to get close. And so, so in the same way, rather than just like tiptoeing into the water, I'm just kind of inviting us, let's cannonball into this conversation and see what God wants to do. And so somewhere along the way, I don't know your experience, but experience and feelings have, have received a negative connotation in the church. And I, I know where it comes from, because feelings can be unreliable. The problem is there are a ton of experiences in the scriptures that, that we tend to ignore. And so we're not meant to be void of experience when it comes to a relationship with God. And so I just want to invite you into this journey. So here's the last question I'm giving you today, and then, uh, and then we'll wrap it up. Very, very simple, just a question, because you might be asking, what in the world have we been talking about for the last 20 minutes? Who is the Holy Spirit? Now, 
We believe that as Jesus followers, God exists in what theologians call the Trinity. And so that's like God is three persons in one, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. For an amazing explanation of this, you can go to our friends at the Bible Project. And they have two videos that I highly recommend you watch. Number one, you can just type in Holy Spirit on the Bible Project. It's incredible. And then another one is just God. Three letters, G-O-D. Got it. Um, and you watch those two videos, and they will blow your mind. They're so helpful. They do a better job than I can. And so you can go check that out if you want to know more about the Trinity. We'll, we'll pack that out over the next couple of weeks as well. But let me show you John chapter 16, Jesus' words as we wrap up our time. Nevertheless, Jesus is having a conversation with his closest followers before he goes to the cross. He says, I tell you the truth, because they're really freaking out that Jesus is talking about leaving, and where is he going, and they don't understand yet. He says, it is to your advantage that I go away, that I leave. For if I don't go away, the helper, or another name for the Holy Spirit, he will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Somebody asked the question, like, just imagine, like, if you had Jesus with you everywhere you went, like, could ask him questions, like, all the time, right, just everywhere you went throughout your day, throughout your week, every parenting moment where you're about to mess it up, and you got, Jesus, what should I say, right? Every time your boss says something dumb, you're like, Jesus, what should I say? Every time something pops up on your computer, Jesus, what should we do? All that stuff, right? Uh, you're at dinner, and you're like, Jesus, what should we eat? You know, all of that. Jesus is with you all the time. It'd be pretty amazing to have Jesus with you all the time, but Jesus says, actually, it's better that I leave because what I'm sending is even better, and that's the Holy Spirit inside of you. Here's what I want you to notice, just very, very simply, the pronoun he and him here, that the Holy Spirit is not an it, and, and don't, don't hear male like, like you and I think of, okay, but think of a person, okay, meaning we see over and over again when, when, when we're talking about the Holy Spirit in the scriptures, you can grieve the Spirit, make him his heart heavy, if you will, or make him burden. You can walk with the Spirit, as in you and I could walk ahead of him or behind him or with him, and so the Holy Spirit is a person, but there was a survey taken by Barna that said over half of American Jesus followers today, over half of American Jesus followers think of the Holy Spirit as a force and not a person. So think Star Wars, right? Nothing wrong with Star Wars, but the thinking is that the Holy Spirit is this force that's strong with a few people. <laughs> like, oh, they got force strong with them, right? And then for a few, there's like Jedi Knights out there, right? But there's very few people that walk, that have the Holy Spirit like that. And, and so when we're talking about being thirsty for more, there's got to be more. I don't want your mind to go to like, yeah, yeah, more power, like I don't, wherever your mind goes there. What we're talking about is more relationship. If the Holy Spirit is a person, then it's a person we can have a relationship with. And so all metaphors start to break down in the space of this conversation. So if you're a Jesus follower, you already have the Holy Spirit of God inside of you. So the question might be, how do I get more of what I already have? And that question works if the Holy Spirit is a thing that you get. But if the Holy Spirit is a relationship that you cultivate, if it's a person that you have a relationship with, that you walk with, then this is the pinnacle of intimacy. Danielle and I have been married for over 10 years. Our anniversary is coming up in a week or two. Woo! Still married. And... Uh, the, the pinnacle of intimacy is, is asking the question, how do I get more of Danielle? When I, I, I already got all the Danielle I'm gonna get, right? There's more of her to know 10 years in and 15 years in and 20, there's, there's always more relationship. And so when you trust in Jesus, you do receive the spirit, yes. But there's so much more to the relationship. Let me show you James K. Smith's quote here to help you kind of posture your hearts before we watch this video. 
he wrote this, this, uh, this book called You Are What You Love. And he said, because we are what we want, our wants and our longings and our desires, they're at the core of our identity. The wellspring from which our actions and behaviors flow. Our wants, they reverberate from our heart, the epicenter of the human person. The scripture counsels above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it, which echoes the words of Jesus earlier. He goes on, he says, discipleship or apprenticing under Jesus, following Jesus, we might say, is a way to curate your heart, to be attentive to and intentional about what you love. Following Jesus, discipleship is more a matter of hungering and thirsting than of knowing and believing. Jesus' command to follow him is a command to align our loves and our longings with his, to want what God wants, to desire what God desires, to hunger and thirst after God himself, and to crave a world where he is all in all, first in our own hearts and around us, a vision encapsulated by the shorthand, Jesus talked about the kingdom of God. So my hope is that that'll cast a vision in your heart for what could be. I believe there's more. Uh, and I'm just inviting you to walk with me into what that might look like. Let me show you the words of Jesus real fast. John 7, once again, just to remember. Here's the invitation. It's very simple. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. That's the promise. Simple invitation and a promise. Today at two, Duncan's getting baptized in Boulder Creek, and uh, he, re he recently responded to this very invitation. And today he's getting baptized to celebrate externally what Jesus has done in his life internally. And like I said earlier, if you've never been baptized, you're invited to do so today. That might be your next step. But I want you to hear Duncan's story as we close out our time. So watch this video. Hi, my name is Duncan Haywood, and I'm getting baptized today. My journey uh, in relationship with Jesus started about six months ago, back in March, when I met a follower of Jesus named Kevin, and we just sat down, started talking, started telling me his, about his beliefs. And then over the next couple months, I started reading the Bible, started praying, he introduced me to those. For the last several years before that, I had been just seeking something, just really searching, checking out a lot of religions. And then over the next uh, couple months, I really dived into the facticity of uh, whether Jesus resurrected or not, and I decided that the evidence supported that he did, and the implication was that Jesus is God. So I accepted Jesus as Lord in my life. Throughout that whole process, so this friend Kevin of mine, he gave me incredible amounts of his time just answering questions, oftentimes uh, an annoying amount of questions, and he's just really blessing with all that care and uh, help. Since I've come to this relationship with Jesus, a couple things have changed. One, I've had this deep loneliness for years and years and years, and it just wasn't being filled by anyone in my life and that has been satisfied. I feel loved and cared for from this relationship with him. Second thing is I had an addiction for about 10 years 
uh, and I've been trying and trying and trying to get rid of it. And within the first month of having a relationship with Jesus, I just said, hey, I can't do this. Jesus, take this, save me from this. And then within a week or two, it just went away. I'm here today to let you know I'm a follower of Jesus. Should have just played that video and gone home, right? Like, basically, last 30 minutes, like, bro, he did better than you. Yeah, way to go, man. Um, incredible, dude. So pumped to celebrate with Duncan. A um, couple of just quick next steps for you. I'm going to invite the band to come, and they're going to lead us in a couple of songs. Um, as the band leads us in the next couple of songs, you're going to have a chance just to respond. And we always kind of go back to a, a reflection space. Um, and so a couple of things just to reflect on in your own heart and mind as we get ready for this. Uh, number one is this, believe. That's the invitation from Jesus. And some of you, you have yet to believe in Jesus. And while we understand there's different layers to this conversation, first of all, just know man, our heart is to meet you where you are and help you take next steps. Um, but this is not just a cognitive inv invitation just to kind of reconcil reconcile, okay, that happened. But belief with Jesus, when he invites us into that, it is a space also of what he would call repentance, literally to change the way that we think, not just about who Jesus is, but about life in general and what it means to have a relationship with God. And so the invitation from Jesus, number two, is to come, and that's it. Like, not, not chalk up some religious duties, not read the Bible a bunch, not make sure you pray a lot, go to Mass a couple times, confess your sins to a priest. It's just come. And in that coming, you're believing, or in that believing, you're coming, it doesn't really matter what order you put all that in. It's a very simple invitation, invitation to trust in Jesus, that he was who he said he is, that he can do in your life what he said he would do. And from that space, we respond out of baptism. Baptism is a celebration externally of what Jesus does internally. Baptism doesn't save us. The water's not special. Jesus alone does that. And then we celebrate externally to share with others what God has done internally. And the last word for Jesus is to drink. To drink deep, to keep diving into this well that never ends. And so I'm just inviting you on an invitation. If you're a follower of Jesus, you've already done the believing and the coming, and you've had a few sips here and there, and I'm just inviting you to kind of cannonball in with me into these conversations. And so to start this off, this is intentional. This Friday, we have a night of worship and prayer. And this is an intentional posturing of our hearts and our minds toward this initiative for the next uh, season of City Church. And so I want to invite you to come and make this space a priority. We're going to seek God in prayer. We're going to experience him in power. We're going to pray over one another. It's way less formal than it is in this space. And so we recommend that you, you just make it a priority to be there with us as we start the journey together. And so um, before the band leads us in this next song, we're going to do communion. Pardon me, pardon me while I go get it. I threw the band off because uh, we, did, we threw a video in there and they're like, ah, what are we doing? It's all good. Um, during, during this next uh, two songs, as the band leads us, you're also going to have an opportunity to respond uh, in communion. Um, and this is just a time where we respond to Jesus. He's sitting around the table with his uh, closest followers and friends before he's crucified. And he takes some bread. 
and he, and he looks around the table and he breaks it and he passes it around. He says, I want you to take and eat of this. And when you do it, I want you to remember me that this is my body broken for you. That same evening, he takes the cup and he passes it around, invites them to drink from it. And he says, when you drink of this, I want you to remember me that this is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. And his disciples have no idea what's happening in this moment. I thought we were just eating a, a meal together. And Jesus is showing them what's to come. And for you and I, it's a posture of remembering. That Jesus invites us not into striving for him, but as Chris Griffin said a couple weeks ago, striding with him. And so when you go to the back, whenever you're ready, if you're a follower of Jesus, you can take the bread and you can dip it in the wine. There's gluten-free and regular options available. There's wine and grape juice available for you. And so whenever you're ready, during the next two songs, you can go back to the back and grab those elements. Again, dip it in the wine and take it back to your seat. If you're not a follower of Jesus, we ask you that you just uh, don't take of the elements, but just reflect on what this means for you, that this is Jesus' sacrifice in your place, in my place, for our sins to make us right with God. We do nothing to earn it. We do nothing to deserve it. We do nothing to maintain it. We simply receive it. This gift of God, come. So I don't know what your next steps are, but I'm gonna give you just the posture to do it. So let me pray for you for a second. As you bow your heads and close your eyes, God, we just wanna take a moment to open our hearts and minds to you. For some of us in the room, we've never made the decision to believe. Maybe cognitively, our, our, our heads have been there, but you've never had our heart. We've never turned our lives over to you. I asked you to save us, to make us new, to make us right with you. Would you draw hearts to yourself today? Some of us in the room were followers of Jesus, but we've never made it public through baptism. And there might be all kinds of barriers to that, but Jesus, right now in this moment, would you work in the hearts of those gathered? That if that's their next step, would you give them the boldness to do it? For others of us in the room, we've been following you for a minute, and, and we're grateful because of the amazing things we've seen you do in our lives. But God, we, we recognize that there is still more, and there's a longing inside of us to know more of you a deeper relationship with you that changes the way that we think and we love and we live. And so we just open our hearts and minds up to that today as well, to do what you want. It's in Jesus' name, amen.